Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! It's Grandma Funkow. I see you, baby. Fixing that ass. Fixing that ass. I see you, baby. I mean, I was tempted to go with the Ghostbusters theme because it is basically prototype Ghostbusters, this film. Hmm. But hey, <laughs> who are who are you going to call when it's something strange and it don't look good? It's the ass Not this guy. <laughs> Never this guy. Conversation. Yeah! We're descending into chaos. Enjoy. No, oh, you don't call us. You get the ass fixers. <laughs> That's what they're called. <laughs> it's the ass fixers. They're here to fix some ass and. <laughs> Surprisingly full plot summary on Wiki. I'm like you, you clearly got some information film. I didn't get from watching it. Really, they filled in some of the blanks, are they? Mm, I think so. Maybe they watched the US version that um, is slightly different because what do they restore it from? A, they restore this film. Ah, oh, this is no. It's just the US had like a a cut that was like 15 minutes longer. Oh God! It's, it's not lost. But it it can't be as good as a quality as the British one. Oh, um, that's the one that we saw. That's why it was had those weird inserts of terrible looking footage. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so you saw the extended version? Interesting. It did not help. There were bits that if the, <laughs> if the bits that were dodgy, if they were cut, it wouldn't make sense, would it? Like there were scenes of dialogue that can contextualize what just happened. I think I got you know nothing didn't make well. Nothing didn't make sense in in the verisimilitude of the film, I suppose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, hello, welcome to a spoiler-filled film conversation, hooray. Bastions of professional podcasting <laughs> at your service. Yep. The creme de la monde. <laughs> uh, I'm Richard, hello. Still in the land of the living, Anthony. Hello. And seconds away from death, Abby. As always, good day. <laughs> I hope you're not seconds away from any literal death, only figurative sort of grumpy about to pass out sort of death. All <laughs> tight to that guillotine rope, guys. Oh, don't um, fucking start. I have to start. It's, it's time <laughs> to chat about a film, and that film this week is, and I'm going to say this very carefully, the Asphix. <laughs> nope, still just saying Asphix. <laughs> you are saying it, like, you are at least joining it into one word. Yes. We're not saying Asphix. The Asphix. Every time in this film, though, it is Asphix. There's no, there's the correct pronunciation is uh, Asphix. I mean, it's spelt with a P, H, X, Y, Z, etc. Who knows how many letters they chucked in there. But anyway, it was Anthony's choice. Uh, so I'll pass over to him to clarify what movie it is, if you don't mind. Not at all. So, the Sphix. Didn't, didn't say <laughs> right, mate. Sphix. There we go. The Sphix. <laughs> okay, the Asphix. Uh, also known as Spirit of the Dead and uh, the Horror of the... The Horror of Death. Which uh, boy probably they're so they're very vague titles, but they're not asphyx. <laughs> <laughs> it's a okay. highbrow reference to what was it to like Egyptian 
Was it Egypt? No, Greek. Greek. Greek, Greek mythology. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this film, it's um, a British uh, gothic horror, which was released in 1972. And uh, the film follows uh, the exploits of a Victorian parapsychologist named Sir Hugo Cunningham uh, and his various investigations into um, photographing strange phenomena that occur around <laughs> that occur around uh, people's uh, deaths. Yeah. After a freak punting accident kills his son. <laughs> it was a freaky accident, in fairness. <laughs> punting. <laughs> I see. Look at any final freak... destination situation. <laughs> After a freak punting accident kills his son... Uh, so Hugo is driven to uncover the mysteries of these phenomena and soon discovers the possibility of cheating death. But what kind of mayhem will his hubris bring down upon him and his remaining family? He'll be fine. <laughs> uh, the film was directed by Peter Newbrook, written by Brian Comport, uh, with a story by Christina and Lawrence Beers. And the film stars Robert Stevens, Robert Powell, Jane Lapoter, and Alex Scott. I laughed mm. so hard when I was I, I wrote after a freak punting accident kills his son <laughs> when I was writing it. Like <laughs> What's weird Which as well. Brings is, me to sorry. What the word punting to me, a freak punting accident. I thought that's when you like kick a ball really hard into the air. Not like they wrote it's a fr- a rowing accident, I suppose, but I don't know. Like I, I he wasn't no. like kicked to death. No, punting. You know when you're in a boat but you've got that pole. Like in the bloody film, you had a freak punting accident. Yes, that's a punt. <laughs> Those are like gondolas, aren't they? Yeah, but that's yes. what you're doing. You're punting. So he, was, he did have a fake, uh, a freak gondola accident, really. Are you still punting? You punt in a gondola. Accept punting. Well, I, I, I'm going to be very careful next time I go punting. Look out for dangerous rogue branches. <laughs> but, but I immediately brought my first problem. They invented a love interest for the the dad of the family. Oh yeah. They got engaged. She immediately she was in that punting accident. She, her body wasn't found, but she was never referred to again. I think there's a moment where she's mentioned half-heartedly by the guy like, "Oh." But why bother putting her in? Didn't need to. Well, the guy thought... could have died in a punting accident on his own. When she was not found, like they found the, I mean, this is obviously straight into spoilers, but you know, they find the the body of one person and the son and and bury, bury him in the crypt, the household crypt. Um, uh, but they don't find the body of of his uh, fiance. It's like, well, obviously this will come back. She's either alive or part of some demonic. Thing. Whatever's going to explain away the paranormal, she might be connected to that or come back or God knows what, you know. But mm. it obviously, not, not not so much. She just washed away. I think it was just like we don't want her aspects to be part of the story, so that didn't get captured on camera. Maybe but that's still, what why thinking. bother? But you got to have characters to murder in your gruesome film, I suppose. It's tragedies to drive people crazy, I suppose. Is that the thinking? Maybe. I 
anyway, this is uh, uh, what's the phrase? Shooting the just jumping ahead. What is the phrase? Jumping the gun. Jumping the gun. Do they fire a gun when they when people have a punting race? Not relevant. Start Doesn't a matter. pistol, maybe. Yeah, we're jumping the boat anyway. The gun. Jumping uh, the punt. Jumping the punt. Back, back to talking about expectations, and then we'll get on to what what we saw or didn't see. Um, Anthony, you picked it. Were you? Uh, interested in it in for any particular reason? Um, hard to say. This was a bit of a rush pick because we had to kind of like fit one in. Hmm. Um, so I just uh, I just ended up scouring all the obscure films on on the, on the spot. On the spot, you're like, oh, we just mine go straight to straight to ass. <laughs> 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 Sorry, got your Amazon picks. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I needed some hemorrhoid cream when this turned up. No, um, yeah. So and this this popped up. It had an interesting title. Uh, watched the trailer and it was like an old Victorian Hammer horror vibe to it. And I mm. thought, yeah, why not? So I I don't really know what my expectations were. Like the only thing I had reference to is maybe it was kind of like a, like a Hammer horror film. Maybe um, a bit. Bit creepy, but maybe schlocky as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, like a totally random pick this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abby, you'd not heard of this, so didn't have much of an expectation, I suppose. Well, it was horror from the nineteen seventies. There's so a very from the seventies, but it's it's a very the seventies is. Either very good horror or very shit horror. There's not a whole lot in the middle in the 1970s. Quite right. Mm. So I was, when I saw this, I was like, oh, this this is either going to be great or absolutely shit. And I've not heard <laughs> of it in the same sentence as something like Don't Look Now, so I'm mm. thinking it's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it had sort of blipped up on my radar before because Robert Powell was in it. And he is moderately reliable as an actor. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Um, I'd not heard of it. I wouldn't have su- su- suck it out. That's not the right word. I wouldn't have seek- seeked it out. We're all kinds of trouble with words today. <laughs> anyway, I wouldn't have uh, naturally sought it out. Sorted out. Thank you. I wouldn't have naturally sorted it. No, can't. can't. You just said it, and I'm like, sorted it. I wouldn't have sorted out myself. Um, but, I mean, you know, the idea of explaining the smudges in uh, photographs that get accredited with being ghosts or paranormal in some way, that's a nice area of interest, especially for people who love ghost stories and um, that kind of, uh, what's it called, pa- paradolia? Is that the right word? Never seeing... heard that word before. It's when you see things uh, that basically you start seeing images in things that are not necessarily one thing or another. It's like same as like seeing like a bunny in the clouds or something. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Where you start recognizing shapes and shadows. 
as something. Anyway, I think that's that was interesting for like a ghost story. That was like, oh, okay, that might uh, be interesting. That 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 could that's an avenue worth exploring. And then you go, oh, Jim Henson has been making the ghosts on this, is he? And you're like, <laughs> this is going to be shit. And <laughs> the other thing that tipped me off, especially once we the film got going, I was like, oh, that's basically confirmed. Then is the terrible. 70s haircuts people have. I mean, they've tried a little bit to hide. I mean, the women don't look too bad, but... They didn't try at all. They didn't even comb people's <laughs> hair. <laughs> I mean, the, con- the... Would it have hurt that much to give them a fucking side parting? I don't think so. <laughs> well, like, um, the Victorians were famous for their big sideburns, like the 70s, right? So maybe they just... Maybe the that the 70s does look a bit like Victorian England. Yeah. If they'd have used a comb. comb. That's all they had to do. (laughs) No, no, no. They all just look like they are really big fans or in the Rolling Stones tonight. (laughs) The chaps in this. The young men. Definitely wouldn't look out of place going to see the Rolling Stones. But yeah, I don't know. It felt like um, it didn't hide itself very well. It felt a little cheap. But I think it was partly the locations they chose as well. Like The interiors are fine, I guess. But some of the Mm. exteriors are like, these don't look they're like they're part of some manor. They just look like you filmed where there's half a Here room. Here is a bog. <laughs> Let's put a boat in it. Yeah. And then, oh, look, some, uh, you know, I, I'm not even sure the lake they picked. They t- tried to suggest it was in this chap's garden. And you're like, that that shot, reverse shot, is not, not happening for me, thanks. But, or whatever. Anyway, that's it if, it had, if it had been really... Uh, Great, I would have looked past some of the slight period cheapness of it, but I guess I was only I didn't expect it to be brilliant, I suppose is what I'm saying. What's the name of our protagonist, Dr. Watt, is it? Hugo Cunningham. Hugo Cunningham, yes. So essentially it's about Dr. Hugo Cunningham becoming the classic mad scientist who makes a discovery and then instead of using ethics, logic, and the the trappings of science, he decides to go mad and experiment on himself um, and cause more problems by being devil-may-care with the details and the finer points. Um, so it's much like, you know, Dr. Jekyll or the Invisible Man or something. Hmm. It's his own fucking fault for being a meddling bastard. Um. You know, that's a, that's a good start for a, f- a film like this. That's what's going for, right? It wants to be like this kind of horror film. Not not on choppy ground yet. Not the kind of ground where you'd kill yourself with a big branch to the head anyway. And like like you said before, it is it is kind of interesting the idea of um capturing something spooky on camera. Um like a, like this is from seventy two, I don't know. If that had been really explored yet, the kind of like the, the horror of photography on the in horror. cinema, you know what I mean? Hmm. Yes, uh, you know. Um, well, there's all sorts of uh, stories that you know, involve photography in films and capturing things and things the eye can't see initially. It's definitely uh, something that ghost hunters uh, rely on incredibly because <laughs> you haven't got mu- you haven't got much of a case. Uh, to be finding or ex- explaining ghosts when you when you when the evidence ghost hunters present is always 
uh, crap at best. So the, the bread and butter is we found something in a photograph that looks weird, and the weirder the better. And you know, it's um, I don't know what what could this film have done to if it had been like a satisfying explanation for why we sometimes see ghosts in photographs or smudges that can't be explained. If we had tied into that, and then the conspiracy had been covered up in some way, and it, it could like, oh, that's a nice, like if it had been a solid idea, maybe that it wasn't had... the problem for me. No, like I was willing to just go along with the death aspects. You could see the photos if you used the special blue rocks. It was <laughs> the, the ever increasingly complicated ways to die. Uh. That was a problem for me. It was like <laughs> when right, you yeah. when you're for the when you have successfully killed yourself with electricity, why do you suddenly move on to a guillotine? Well, you don't suddenly. <laughs> if you've successfully killed yourself with electricity, you don't move on. That's the truth of it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's the bit. It's not just the leap in logic of we've discovered these things and we've explained them this way. It's the why are you doing it like this, you fucking nutjob? <laughs> um, so you know, in essence, uh. There's already a working theory at place at the start of the story. Uh, this guy's investigating uh, the phenomenon. He's got three photographs, stills, of people who just just about to die or have died, right? He didn't and... take them all personally. Some he's got from other people. Yeah, so this guy, he has three photographs that have smudges in. That's what they should have called the film, The Smudge. <laughs> Next time you go to the cinema and are in for a fright, could it be because of The Smudge? Watch <laughs> out, it'll get you. What does everyone meet before they die? They meet The Smudge. Uh, yeah, so, you know, someone's got their cheesy What's It print on the photograph. And it's come to the conclusion what that it could be the soul lead leaving the body. Is that right? Yeah, they think it's the soul leaving the body at first. Then the their hypothesis changes a little bit as they go along until they finally work out that it's that weird kind of ghoul. Well, they work out they work out because it's a horror film, but in reality, you're like, sorry, what are you talking about? Soul? <laughs> you got a smudge, and you're like, soul. First of all, prove the soul exists. Then you can prove it's leaving the body <laughs> in a photograph, you bad bastard. <laughs> also, um, as one of the weird things is, so this starts off as a smudge, and then when they trap the what becomes known as the asphyx, um, it makes noise. Like, the, the, you don't hear anything. When people, when, when people die albeit in horrific-looking... Like, I don't know why these photographs are of people about to die. Who's getting the camera out when old Pappy in in the nursing home is about to have a heart attack? And they're like, click! You know, why... Did they explain why the photographs were taken? I... I, No. They didn't, actually. One guy was, like, reaching out like he was in a horrific um, state. I I just think they're they're part of some sort of Paris... Psychological society, and you know, it's just the things they get up to on the weekends taking pictures of the near dead, yeah. But not just that, like, think about it in like in the 1800s, the amount of effort and planning you'd have to go to to set up <laughs> like a photo shoot like that around a, de- a dying person would have been ridiculous. Hey, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That in itself don't make sense. It's like when people do like a ridiculous prank for like a TikTok. 
or YouTube or something, and you go, well, why are we filming this? Like, <laughs> it's not believable because of the cut. Like, you wouldn't put the camera on for this moment. Like, you have to have a plausible reason to be have your camera out because all the funniest things happen. You know, they're midway through because someone gets the camera out because it's happening. You know, hmm. and not because you've you if you've caught it all from the beginning, it's too convenient, really. But um. Anyway, we got these stupid smudges. I can believe smudges are in photographs, and okay, so the, for the for the premise to work, the guys concluded the soul escapes the body, and you can catch it on camera for some unknown reason. Um, something to do with well, the guy has. Uh, let's get this clear. So, so Hugo has got this working theory that it's the soul leaving you, and then. He also has a special camera that uses, as, as Abby has mentioned, blue crystals or something. That like to, so that just the light from his spotlight um, used for taking the pictures is different to that of, I don't know, reality? Or, like, what are we talking about here with these? Is this like a pseudo... Is this like a sci-fi thing? Is this like a made-up nonsense? Or... Yes and no. Like when you when you do put water on phosphorus, it will, you know, give off a reaction which will produce light. Uh, but that's that's and that is not how people used to use cameras. Right. Yeah. They would just use either like light bulbs or um, um, not gun. Essentially, a lesser form of gunpowder just to like give off a, a giant spark. It's and a, a flash. big explosion when you take old time. So yes, pictures. the theory is that the, this the properties of whatever the phosphorus is giving off is somehow m- mystical enough to capture these reaper Cap- things. Yeah, these uh, phantoms that enter your corpse or body or spirit or some shit. So that's it. So I think I think he also said like he also prepares the photos. With it as well, oh, so maybe right. that's why they're showing up. Because they're because the other, the three stuff. initial photographs are taken by non not the same camera. Like so, this is his process with his stuff that he uses. So it's like sort of well, just roll with me here. This guy's I got think. some blue crystals, and it it is paranormal. It can show up the paranormal thing that's happening here. And in this case, the theory is um, the Greeks had a myth about an asphyx. That is a sort of death figure or something, and it, it, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something to do with the the asthix is in a permanent state of pain and suffering, and then when someone dies, it leaps into the body uh, in order to like die or free itself from the torture or something. Is that right? Or uh, am I paraphrasing I, some paraphrasing here? I'm not sure because oh, there are two reasons. First of all, you guys watched like an extended version. Which has like a, an extra fifteen minutes, which I didn't see. So I don't know right. if like there was more explanation of stuff, maybe in that. But the the thing that caught me off guard was there was only like one quick monologue of what an asphyx was. Yeah, and I was too distracted because right at that moment, and only in that moment, they started playing really romantic. Like classical music, yeah. <laughs> and, and, like I couldn't help but laugh. Why they 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 chose that at such a such a moment where he's kind of like, you know, telling you this what horror. the bloody film means. Yeah, 
and it just it totally distracted me. So I was like, I, I heard Asphyx, and that was it. So I la, totally la, know la, what la, la, they la. are. Sure. Abby, <laughs> did you? Uh, what was your understanding? Just that they were some kind of reaper, like some sort of personal reaper thing that comes and collects your soul when you die. That's that's, that's all I got. Which was enough, you, to be fair. Like, I, I got the concept. What about you, Abby? I think, well, in that way, because they never actually finished their investigative experiments, they never did work out what it is properly. They went straight to, we're going to catch it so I can live forever. Yeah, I think one of the other things, I guess it's it's a film, so it has, it's got a time limit. But you kind of go, you need a few more experiments here before you start going, I can trap my own soul demon in a fucking box and live forever. Because it doesn't just go for, I've proven that ghosts or spirits or demons or asphyxes exist. Uh, it's not, that's not good enough. What It's like, oh shit, we, not only can we prove they exist and capture them on film, but we can trap them with a light beam and lock them in a special box. And that means you're immortal. And uh, based on that, I'm going to be immortal. And uh, I'm going to be like a benevolent dictator, if you give me enough time, is my plan. You know, so <laughs> it's quite the it's quite the through line to go with. Um, but I think the first conundrum beyond him, so after the working theory of three photos with smudges on uh it's really the chance of him he's like making home movies essentially like old-fashioned ones albeit uh for some reason of his uh family so like his is it his daughter his son-in-law and his 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 daughter and his son his adopted son and his new woman right well, anyway, to get this clear, it's not Doctor. That's the other thing I, I think I've been saying. It's just some amateur prick <laughs> who, yeah. has, who has a lab and loads of like books and uh, all the classic beakers full of stuff. And I, Obviously not a Doctor. He's fucking acid open everywhere. Mm. Like a maniac. No fucking... It's health, it's health and safety gone mad. Um, but Hugo is the sort of mad scientist of it and his son is called Giles mm. is it and his, his his actual son is called Clive his adopted son who is in most of the film is called Giles but Giles is his, his son like it's you know adopted is still a son <laughs> yes but the the way they they portray it in the films is like it's not he is his son but he's not really his son his ward i mean he is going to marry his own sister in law Oh. At what? some point. Sister-in-law? Is that right? Step-sister? Fucking hell. It's like some disgusting porn thing. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. No one gets married because we've got tragedies. Uh, so, anyway, the and then there's his fiancée. What's her name? Christina. Christina. She, They're all out boating, and I guess he wants to just film some footage of uh, punting, as we've come to learn this type of rowing is called. And they make a little bit of a joke. Uh, the first couple who are on the on the first boat, uh, which is his, which is Giles and um, his stepsister, where the fuck it is? <laughs> Does that make sense? How could it be his own? No, 
anyway, <laughs> Giles adopted the adopted sister. Fucking hell, dirty. Right, so Giles and Christ- so Christina is the daughter. Yes. Right, they are in one boat. They do the first bit of footage with them, like uh, you know, rowing row well, punting out out across this lake uh, or river or whatever. And they capture that footage and set up what they're doing. Like, oh, we're just filming, you know, because Dad wants us. I think they say, oh, he'd want to film in like March on a river, and it's like, dude, you fucking, you're morning, but it's clearly like autumn. What are we talking about, March? I mean, that's still <laughs> a bad time. They're like all autumnal leaves, everyone is dark and shitty looking out. What are we? <laughs> Either way, oh, it's a stupid time to be filming on a lake for sure. But what's this, what's this footage for anyway? Just to go like. Look, I got this great it's, film I want to show that's ten seconds it's, long. Well, it's just because you know he's the, the the first man who invented the home camera, and of course he's just gonna t- take shots of inane things his children do. Yeah, I've been home movies, and it like you know this sort of thing begets home movies, begets Vine, and begets Twitch and TikTok, and God knows what else we do with our time. Mm. Um. So yeah, he's making his first sweet TikTok video, and it's just like, look, we're on a fucking lake. That's cool, right? Um, hashtag life goals, um, and that's fine and dandy. But oh no, the second couple to row out his fiance and his uh, son. <laughs> they they row and or punt, and the trouble is in Britain we have these things called incredibly dangerous branches that hang over rivers <laughs> and they just come at you out of nowhere. You can't especially, possibly avoid them. Especially when you're on very slow-moving boats. Yeah, if you're on a slow-moving <laughs> boat and your stick has got slightly stuck in the mud or like a chopping tro- trolley or something in the canal, then you look away for a second and you absolutely annihilate yourself on a, <laughs> on a piece of wood that you barely touch. And uh, I, <laughs> I also love the fact that they established that the the river is low enough to be punted with a fairly short stick. So I'm pretty sure they probably could have stood up in that river. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Anthony, you, you can't rescue them. It's as black as night. This river. <laughs> also, somehow both strong enough to wash away the dude's fiance, but also sort of. I don't know, not tepid. What's the word I'm looking for? Just um, still and stagnant enough to be black with sediment. Yeah, it's a it's a remarkable uh, bit of uh, terrain. There, or not? Is it terrain? I guess a waterway. I mean, it's fucked up. I mean, we do, Abby. I don't know if you recall, we did have at least in our version a cutaway to what looked like the Grand Rapids. Where, where, yes, where I remember show, that. Show the drama of the waters, obviously washed away this poor woman who seems to, like, this guy hits his head on a branch and he is fatally injured. Instant, instant death. Not not drowned after falling in and getting stuck on, like, some reeds or something. He's dead from the branch, which he barely touches. And then she, like, falls in like a tit. And I, as someone who's fallen in a canal off of a canoe, it, it's shocking, but I, you know, I didn't feel like I was going to die. More like, our oh, bollocks, I'm wet and I need to I need to get to the edge of something here and pull myself out. Like, but you know, she they she drowns or washes away, never to be found again. And he slops up on the riverbank, and the brother, the other brother, and and uh, 
Well, they try, they make it a rescue attempt, which involves getting in the water a bit and then going, oh, it's a bit dirty and it's black. <laughs> it doesn't even, peach. It doesn't even get that wet and dirty, really. It's just like, oh, oh I can't be bothered. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, sudden dead. Tragic. Um, the grieving process must have affected his mind a bit. Uh, <laughs> because not only is he like, I fancy watching this, the footage of my son's death and fiance's death. I, if if you guys had accidentally filmed the death of a loved one, would you be like, should definitely watch this footage back? Well, probably. not immediately, but probably like a bit later on when you're just sad and drunk at night. I just want to see the last moment of happiness before they die because of my stupid scheme. So you're saying morbid curiosity would eventually get the better of you. Maybe. I think it's a bit different for them, though, because like that would literally be the only footage he has of his son. Maybe. So. And fiancé. And fiancé. Might have a locket with her picture in or something. Oh, but... she's very, very quickly forgotten about. <laughs> well, the river washed away what you want. She <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get a, a crypt to be to be uh, poured over in. Um. So anyway, all right, he has the footage. It's it's particularly it's a time where it's a new technology as well. I mean, you might you might be like, yeah, okay, and it, yeah, you might want to see your loved one again and miss them or something. Something might draw you to see see you film it uh, to rewatch the footage. So this is one camera locked down. It's old fashioned, and remarkably, <laughs> he's got a tremendously good close up shot um, from the other side of the bank as well, which is great. And uh, as it turns out. <laughs> The incredible smudge has made a reappearance. Not only is it a smudge, like in a still picture, but I think it moved. It came at him, says the other guy looking at Giles looking at the footage with his uh, uh with Hugo. And like I watched it I watched it again. Like at the time you're like, oh maybe I saw a smudge. <laughs> like even in the film, you're like, oh, I didn't see much of anything. You don't see like a Jim Henson puppet coming up. But you see a smudge. And I watched it again and I was like, oh, it is just a smudge as well. I didn't even I don't think you could even see in the film it moving particularly towards or away from him, you know? Which is yeah. the whole you're making the film now, guys, in the seventies. Include what you want to include, is it? <laughs> like, oh, that wasn't just a blur. That moved and was had malice or intent, right? Were you guys blown away when you're like, oh my god, what have they captured? Was it, were you suddenly like, oh, can't wait to find out what this is? How could you not be? <laughs> you're right. What am I saying? I just love the way that whenever we saw whatever it was they were looking at, it was having a little rave of its own. Yeah. Well, no, that was later, Abby. The first one doesn't even have a little guy having a rave, you know? Like, you're right. It is like. <laughs> You know, uh, Kermit the Frog doing the Macarena or something. <laughs> but um, initially, it was just as like unremarkable as anything. And they're still like, oh God, we've captured this thing. And so it's at this point, uh, Hugo's like, well, that's fucked that we caught it. I can't. There's an almost an element of oh, I can't. We can't have. I. That's just my personal work. The as the the smudge par, paranormal stuff is just my. That's not connected to this. This was home footage. It can't be. Surely not. And then actually, hmm, there might be something to this. Well, what? And then is like Giles is like, what are you gonna do though? You'd have to film someone else dying to capture it again. And 
And there is a funny bit where uh, Hugo's like, well, I'm not going to murder anyone. And there's a moment where Joseph's like, yeah, good. I'm glad you said yeah. it out loud because it was headed <laughs> in that direction. <laughs> so what the, what's the thing? I was sitting there scratching my head, guys. What did you think when they were like, how are they going to come across? Obviously, they're going to have to film with someone dying, but what are they going to do? Would you think they were going to do a murder or another? I did think that's wrong. I did think that's where it was going to go. Was that the dad was going to start going insane and uh, kill to you know? Yeah, least, if not kill, then put someone in a situation where they would die. But there's a neat little solution to the first time they continue their investigation. I was like, oh, that's good. Like they've come up with something. And w- what was it, Abby? Well. They played out this whole scene like he wasn't chomping at the bit to see someone die. But a mate of his came to, sorry, a fellow member of the Parapsychological Society came and asked him to do a video of a hanging because that why? was happening. Why? I like, because, oh, yeah, because they're looking for smudges, so they don't know about this other stuff. No, he just wanted to do it so that they had something to show people. It's like, is it this horrible? Is it this a terrible <laughs> thing? It's sick, bruv. Look at this. Fucking dead bloke. Yeah. Oh, so fucking cool. Because showing a mix, mix, sell it for pennies. Penny dreadfuls. Going to make the first penny dreadfuls. See it hanging. Send it around the world. No, but at they... no point did Hugo go, oh, yes, I, I can see my thing from there. He was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, that's awful. I can't do that. Fine. I'll do it. And then he just sort of fronts it out this entire time. Like, he's not secretly pleased. <laughs> Well, he is to be ethical. You can't just start off like, yes, I'm bloodthirsty. This guy's like, is there really no reason we can't get him off? Come on. Please, can we, please, can we get him off? It's not, well, there hasn't been, there hasn't been, even then, there hasn't been a public hanging in years. And you're like, yeah. Funny they've started to decide to do a demonstrative public hanging in a time where they would have done executions, I guess, on the down low. Uh, But no, no, but, you know, Cool. There's a public hanging. Uh, let's roll with it. You know, we need to get where we're going. I think it's a neat enough solution. It's an excuse. We, if someone's getting executed, it's happening. The state have decided this guy's got a camera and, uh, importantly, his freaky spotlight. And he's going to film it and see if they can capture the uh, the asphyx in action. See, that's, that's what they've decided this phenomenon is. And, uh, you know, it goes forward and. <laughs> We get we get an execution. Some what I liked as well is the criminal is like I didn't want to have a priest, and the priest is like, "Well, see if I care. I'm going to try and save your soul despite it not be against your wishes." Well, they they fucking hang they hang this guy, and of course the light comes on and it attracts what now looks like a Jim Henson style. You know, puppet of a ghost or something. It's a bit. It's very prototype Ghostbusters. Like they've got um, a light beam trapping a spirit or something, and they've got a special box in which to trap said uh, spirit or asphyx. That looks like a coffin. Yeah, very cute. Um, it's very cute, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah proper, proper. Why you could have built the box any shape, but no coffin because it's symbolic. And uh, gothic and stuff, I guess. Anthony, do you like the little coffin box with a drippy thing on top? Sure. <laughs> bit, bit fun, isn't it? <laughs> no reason for the shape, but sure. 
but yeah, we got we got you know we got the basic gist of um the ghostbusters this is basically a prototype egon spengler isn't it you know i want i want kind of uh what's his name fucking the guy who comes down to spoil things called in ghostbusters oh what a peck you need a Walter Peck in this, didn't you, to come and be like, "You can't do these experiments in your house. You can't, tra- tra- you can't trap ass ass fixes in your house and contain them. And like, this is all unethical. And what, what's this? Is this dangerous? You've got open acid here. This is all she can shut shut your asses down. You know, they needed that sort of antagonist, I think. Um, but you, it de- it definitely had vibes. Like it looked a bit like Slimer, I guess, as well. This stupid ass fix. Mm. Am I mad here? Is this if you guys you know, you guys agree? No, no, I see it. Like it like Slimer before he discovered pies. <laughs> anyway, they got their ghost, uh, or asphyx. They got footage of it at the at the execution, right? It's it's sort of caught seems to be caught in the spotlight and be, and it, it does it hold it also holds up to the death of the hanged man, right? He doesn't die straight away. And there's a guy who has to sort of pull on his yeah, legs as right. if as if he needs a bit of extra help. Yeah. And then because they shut the light off, I guess the asphyx can continue with what it wants to do and not be caught in the beam. And then this this what's the next bit of the logic and science that's deployed? Move well, now that they have the theory that if they could, well, they know that they have something that will stop it, the asphyx from doing what it does. And seemingly in doing that, it stops the person from dying. The next step is to try it on a guinea pig. A literal guinea pig, not just, you know, figurative. Yes, a literal guinea pig. Yeah. That's good. We haven't crossed, well, we've crossed the ethical barrier of needlessly killing animals. I mean, you know, vegans would be upset, but, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to miss the odd household pet, is the thinking, (laughs) apart from. You know, anyone with a bit of sentiment or heart. But they, they got a guinea pig. This, you know, animal testing. Fuck it. Sure, it happens. Um, so they kill... Um, do, do we have a name? Little guinea or something? No name for the guinea pig. So. Ginny? Just made that up, haven't you? Ginny the guinea pig. Packed his... Uh, I remember it so... I remember it was... Um, I suppose technically it rhymes, but it was also when it rhymes at the other end. What's that called? A rhyme. Good rhyme. <laughs> Double rhyme? Do you think no, it might it's... have been Ginny the guinea pig? <laughs> I don't it think it happened. Maybe that's in our car, I don't know. Anyway, poor... They're like, they rather blasely poison a guinea pig. Uh, I say they. It's Hugo, but Giles is there as a sort of guy to say, this isn't science. <laughs> you fucking... <laughs> you bastard. What are you doing? And try and be the rational man and the the sort of guy who at least pumps the brakes a bit, right? He's just there to be like, come on, mate. You get in? Think about this for a second. He's the voice of reason until he completely goes off the deep end. And assists him in every way possible, yeah. To uh, undermine him. Yeah, well, they kill an innocent guinea pig and they get the beam going and they pop it in the little coffin. Do they, do they have any trouble? I think there's an element of a at what point do they forget? Oh, like he's doing it to a person, and they forget to open the door, and it and it's like, oh fucking hell, guys, we haven't got enough crystals in or nothing. But apparently, you can crank this light beam to you capture the puppet asphyx thing, like the ghoul 
uh, is all screaming and like uh, raving, you know, its little its little socks off, reaching for the lasers. Um, you can drag it slowly, carefully into a box with the light source that has these special crystals that are have a drip of water on them or something, and that can hold them forever. And that works, and they capture the asphyx or soul or something of this guinea pig, right? And then the guinea pig can't be killed. It can eat as much poison as it likes. <laughs> Fun stuff. I'm not sure whether to forgive it for it or not, because technically they killed a guinea pig, but now they've made a guinea pig immortal, so does that mean it's okay now? I think it cancels out, doesn't it? If they had just killed a guinea pig, you'd feel bad, right? But they didn't. They internalised the guinea It's the opposite. It's, you should be glad, if anything, for this film. They immortalised a guinea pig on the silver screen and in the lore of the film. But yeah, so the thing I didn't understand, you can you can't die unless what? Because what's the limitation? Because they have to you you if you get maimed or like you can be killed, you can you can you can't die, but you might not be able to carry on living properly, right? Like you could be maimed to the point of unable to continue. They establish yes. that, right? Or they imply that. Yes. How do we get from guinea pig to man with TB who is being bullied in a workhouse or something? I'm pretty sure it's just the next scene. Jump cut. <laughs> We've got a guinea well, pig. No, they, so. do, they do establish that they, they, they've got a system which they've set up in the tombs where they, they're taking like water from a pipe. So... So their contraption will always have will always have water in it, so it will forever be able to keep the asphyx trapped. Definitely foolproof as well. If you lock a, a, a crypt and expect a drip to happen eternally, that'll definitely stay that way, won't it? <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't take into consideration any element of reality in that Anyway, it could be cold or the ice, the water could freeze, time or a rat or something, or another guinea pig, an actual guinea pig that isn't a zombie. Could, you know, like, but seriously, to keep a drip maintained for years on end, to entrust your life to a constant drip of a tap, you know, fuck right off. What if just the box falls over or crystals malfunction? Anything could go wrong, but okay, yeah, sure. You'd, if anything, you've just deferred your... You can go out in the world and not get killed, but you are incredibly fragile in this crypt and could die at any moment with the merest tampering. Are you guys like uh, chuckling away at this like I was? Oh, yeah. Or... <laughs> Good. Well, no, Abby. It's a bit like, well, as long as the building stays standing, then there's a good chance. It will continue because what you find with degradation in property is it'll just leak more, and that's not a problem if it gets wetter, isn't it? I don't know, maybe it isn't. Well, there's but an you there's get a, a sense that he isn't living in that house anymore, so he's not keeping an eye on it at all. I don't even well, see my, it. my problem was more you you would have to top up the phosphorus fairly regularly because if, if it's that's gonna, how it works, yeah. It's gonna burn out from all the reacting to the water fairly quickly. <laughs> so many problems, really, isn't there? I think also um, they didn't take a great care to keep the guinea pigs one sorted, did they? They set up a special drip 
thing, but like this guinea pig lasts forever, and yet I don't think they gave a fuck if the guinea they stopped th- the guys stopped thinking about the guinea pig straight away. They don't, you know, they're like they're satisfied that they can eat poison and that'll do. <laughs> like, yeah, I missed it for a bit, and then it just woke up on what's her name's bed. Yeah, she gets like, oh. gets her involved, doesn't it? And then becomes the antagonist essentially. That's good because the cat, the story didn't forget about it. I appreciate the film didn't. I just these pricks did. They were straight once. Once they're like, we got a. So what's the thinking? They they like. Well, we need another test dummy, a, a human. Oh, like there's less. No one walks in and says, "Oh, did you know that someone in the workhouse is about to die?" I guess they just look for where poor dying people are and find them. In their defence, at that time period, there were a lot. You couldn't couldn't go down the street without tripping over a dying beggar or something. But they got a guy who's being abused and is starving to death because his <laughs> fucking some landlord prick is like working him to death. And I it's like about that though, how he's just being fucking tortured essentially, but he's like he's slowly dying on his knees and this guy's just going like, Well fuck you. <laughs> Not feeding you, prick. Keep working. Talk back to me, well yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's like taken in by a rich man and uh I guess the guy's I guess he's diagnosed with T B or something, so he knows he's gonna die so he's like, Well you may as well come and have a goblet of champagne and some food at my house and Cough yourself to death. The spare room. Uh, no questions asked. Right. <laughs> Just so. Uh, when will you be having sex with me, Master? No, no, it's not. We're <laughs> not doing that. But you're filming you me, aren't you? Yeah. No, it's not. I would just want to witness your death. I want to get your death on camera. Oh, <laughs> I see. Oh well. Well, thanks for the food. <laughs> so luckily, they don't have a fail-safe plan either. They don't have like. If his pulse drops below a certain, I don't, I don't know what they could do to make sure they film him because they can't film him around the clock because it's not those kind of cameras. But luckily, it's the kind of TV where you scream before you're about to die. <laughs> you rush to his room, <laughs> yeah. you whap the camera on, and you. What do they do? Do they just discover the puppet Asphyx again? Do, well, they didn't have a box ready, did they? Or did they try? No, and... they did. They had it all set up. But uh, they didn't account for the reaction the guy would have. Oh, that's right. He is so upset with being held in a torturous pain grip that he lashes out, basically, and tries to fight to die and throws acid uh, in Hugo's face. So he basically becomes Harvey Two-Face. Deserved. Deservedly so. Milder. Or a scene or two. Yeah, yeah, they kind of go, I can't even be asked to keep the makeup up, really. Let's just have it be a bit of a thing. So this guy, yeah, he fights back. It's important that this happens because he gets scarred up and that, that should deter him and make him seem... This should be like a realisation. Oh, it's painful and terrible and not to mention an ethical uh, failed experiment. I mean, you probably continue with this. If you're... A, you know, you have to explore... Science means you have to progress... Exploring this is just its a very difficult thing to do ethically. So fuck ethically. Uh, the guy's got more resolve than ever now. <laughs> he's been burnt and he's like, get my bandages off. I've got to get to the lab and fucking make myself immortal now. hes, he's That's enough of the proofs in the pudding as far as he's, he's concerned, right? He doesn't yeah. even have his Frankenstein's monster to sort of say, oh, it works. He's fuck it, do it to me. 
you guys on board with this? This uh, this fine, right? The movie's written itself perfectly so far. <laughs> I got more frustrated as it went along. Yeah, <laughs> Giles as it... well. For fuck's sake, stop obliging him. Because it, it's not so much like it's not that it's a bad premise per se. He's keep making all these mad decisions. And I I really think you just... could be rich off of discovering the aspects, right? I mean, I, I mean, you don't want to. I guess the idea might be you don't let other people realize. He's realized there might be immortality in this, right? So yes. you don't want to be like, look, I've discovered this the greatest phenomenon ever. I've discovered this this thing that happens. And I'm going to show it to everyone and become rich and famous off of my inventions and proof of, I guess, uh, the asphyx, right? You're like, oh, what? What if you could live forever? Fuck, I better be the only person to live forever. Uh, I like if it's a complete megalomaniac plan. But also, devil may care. I'm not going to do any more experiments now. At least round up a few more poor... Uh, unfortunate to see if it does keep them alive. Like, based on that experiment, I would say, doesn't this mean that you'd be alive forever, but also in pain forever, potentially, right? What do you guys surmise there's, would there's be the... potential for that happening. But you don't care? I, no, I guess not. <laughs> do they sell you on the madness, though, that he would be, it's partly through grief and uh, obsession, that he's proceeding, rather than, he's like not no longer rationally thinking. It's like it does sell it, but no, less in the story, and just because it's like a, it's the atmosphere of a gothic horror, and you know, like this is where it has to go, but it doesn't necessarily sell it brilliantly. The discovery is such that you'd have to progress. It would drive it would drive you to do it, but also plus it makes sense. Like they have to. They realise that they can't do it on a random person because they're going to flip out right. and possibly throw acid on you again. And this guy, um, he's a bit upset because his loved ones are dead. Yeah, so like he he, he kind of has to do it to someone who is restrained and they have to, you know, you have to be in control of the death, essentially. And so it, might... it really, they can't do that to anyone else, so it has to kind of be him. It's a suggested element of well, I'm if I die, then I will be buried in the crypt with my son. Like I've kind of, I'm, I'm. Uh, there's an uh, partly you go well. This guy's grief stricken. No wonder he wants to be immortal. He's just murdered two of his family members, so he's dealing with a lot of grief. So there's sort of a parallel with him going mad and being like, I want to stop death because I've just suffered from bereavement twice and it's my mm. fault so I want to have the reverse happen where I want to make the rest of my family immortal so I can understand them get him going down this route of uh, wanting to keep his family alive like, that's a good parallel I think it's a, one of the more interesting themes is bereavement acceptance of death trying to defy uh, that and how he's perhaps that way because of what he did so that's Something, there's something positive, but it, it's more just like, are you talking shit with what you're planning? Like, what's, what's this one? Is he's going to sit in an electric chair they've made? Is it? What's he yeah, got like a switch yeah. or something? Yeah, he's, he's going to be in an electric chair. He's going to be restrained so he can't lash out <laughs> when his asphyx is being imprisoned. Yes. Not that he could. Uh, 
And I think he's also supposed to have some sort of control over the lighting of but, the the trap. Or possibly, but, like, he can turn the chair off and he stop dying and then for... Bad. Possibly. How long do you live in a long, like electric chair? I wasn't quite sure what their plan was because <laughs> it was fairly obvious fairly soon that one person can't do this. Uh, you need a team of researchers and helpers and guilty parties. But Charles is all he's got, essentially. So, like, the, the other thing is, fuck's sake, they don't even, like, he's screaming. Like, the daughter's upstairs just in another room. I don't know if they've got maids and stuff that could hear this, but oh, it's just the master screaming and smoke coming from the basement. Don't worry about it. But she, she uh, comes running when all of the noise is happening, when the, t- the guy's being electrocuted and they're trying to pull his ass fixer away and lock it in a coffin box. Um, so, but the thing is, they didn't even open the fucking door. The thing, <laughs> like, no prep, no, not enough prep. And they're like <laughs> ad libbing it, and then she has to hold the light beam and start. And she doesn't know what's going on, but she's like dragging the aspects away from her father into the box, uh, while Giles sorts it out. And then they can be like, get dad to bed and have him bandaged up, wrestling style. The injury sorted. Oh no, no, he he's just recouping. It's the acid that they get the bandage for. But so he recoups for a bit. Uh, while they go, oh, it's basically a success. We've got. We we never really look into the box either. Like for a horror film about a an asphyx trapped in a in a thing, then there's never a sense that we care about the asphyxes, right? Yeah. These... yeah, they never like try and communicate with it. They never try and do anything. Or look at it, examine it shed any sort of light on it. We don't feel like it's an evil trapped in there. We don't get a sense that it's, it could escape or leak out or we don't care it about it. It should totally have tried to get the girl to let it out. Yeah, that was the direction it could have gone. Like maybe it starts... But the thing is, it's just a shrieking little torso, isn't it? With arms juttering about, right? <laughs> yes. Like, what could it, it, There's also talk of when they when they theorize about it, and I use that term lightly, there's this like, oh, if this thing exists, which we're starting to prove it does, it wait, it, you can't just he picks up some acid and goes, well, we can photograph me just pretending to drink this acid, and we'll get, it'll think I'm about to die, so we'll we'll be able to capture it. And they go, no, no, it knows you're not going to drink the acid, so it won't appear. And you're like, what are you talking about? And then they start saying, oh, well, how come it can't just um, why can't it maliciously try and lure people to their deaths? And it, the asphyx can't doesn't appear. It doesn't like take advantage of the meek and the. They, I think they say like children or something would be prone because they're so fragile or something. And it's like so you've concluded that this thing is not malicious, and the asphyx in no way can control things. It just it knows when someone's about to die somehow. Like it's it, it can keep that incredibly vague, but make all these specific, uh, like if the intentions of the asphyx are all fucking above board and acceptable, <laughs> and they've done no studying of it at all, and they don't care. It really fucks me off. They don't care about the asphyx itself. They're like, no, it's all about immortality now. You know, I feel like they miss the miss the trick there. Even if you're going for a schlocky horror film, there's potential. So does someone want to explain the the coffin? suffocation proof thing they do. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, to prove to the daughter who now knows everything that he is immortal, they put him in a coffin 
for a day, which apparently is airtight. Yeah, and def- he comes out and he's fine. It's definitely over there. Yes, his tear. Well, I, I was thinking, like, what else could he have done? Like, could he, he couldn't have shot himself because then he would have given. He'd be. He can't die, but what his brain would be damaged. Like, is that the rule? Like, you can't really maim yourself in any way. You just well, won't guess, die from regular stuff. I guess so. They don't go into it, but it's you know kind of implied a kind of uh, death becomes her situation where if you can maintain your body, you're fine. Well, that's true anyway. <laughs> once your once your organs start shutting down or something in old age, you don't want to be alive. Like I, the guy, the fucking dickhead. Yes, like it's not you'll be fine and dandy and eternally youthful like Dorian Gray with his painting hidden away. You know, like this is a fucking fool's errand. I don't know. Did this this aspect bother you, Abby? That he he doesn't understand the limitations of his own body. I don't understand anything. <laughs> Why would this infuriate me any more than the rest of it infuriated me? They it's... have the worst scientific method I've ever seen. And they don't even try to understand things and jump to these radical conclusions based on no evidence. Well, they do They do have more evidence that happens in real life. But yeah, they have small, weird phenomena that they're proving. And then they're like gung-ho with what they, that could mean for them, isn't it? Which, to a certain extent, is fine. Because, you know, this is obviously basing itself off, like, the, the great Victorian, like, gothic horrors, like Frankenstein and stuff. And, and you, you don't. When you're, when you're reading Frankenstein, you just go, like, yeah, okay, electricity brings people back to life. Fine. These stories <laughs> have proven things out that don't happen, but so, okay, roll, roll with it. And it always has to be the madman thing. So they, in this, they go, right, not only are they stupid and like do all this stuff, but when it's proven right and they t- they find the limits of what it can do, they're like, well, now, now I'm mad. I'm gonna fo- I'm not going to let you marry my daughter, uh, not because of your, your brother and sister, but because yeah. I want you to live forever. I'm forcing you to live forever like me. In a really awkward, like I'm gonna, we're all gonna have crypts with asphyxes trapped in the house, which is also behind a door with a special cord lock because there's some un- un- unnecessary contrivance about I mustn't be allowed to tamper, I mustn't be allowed to kill myself. So we're, we're, there'll be a combination lock, and you'll have the combination, and I'll burn it so I'm not tempted to kill myself. And I can't, obviously, you can't enter a fucking basement any other way, but through the locked door. You can't, like, knock it. You've got eternity. You can fucking smash the wall in and dig around yeah. or burn the door down or... It's not foolproof, is it? That really annoyed me. Yeah, if you really wanted to get through the wall, just, like, hire some guys with big hammers and, you know, they'll get through it so it's or later. Get a locksmith. <laughs> You've got... You, you're in eternal torture. You'll be more of it. you find a way. But no, no, uh, the the easy temptation to just kill yourself, take that away from me for for whatever reason. And then it's like, okay, so basically they convince this woman to go along with it so they can live eternally happily ever after, I guess. And she somehow is like, oh, the undead hamster is cool. Um, that's fine. I don't know. Do you, Abby, do you buy that she went along with it? Why was she saying, she, you know, she was convinced to lie down in a guillotine after all. I thought she was going to back out of it. I had respect for that woman right up until the moment she went, yeah, okay, I'll lie down in the guillotine. Like, no. 
You should have run out of the house the instant you found out these two are fucking psychos. <laughs> yeah. I think she should have tried to kill him, failed, and then Giles would be like, well, you obviously failed because you have to get in the basement. I have the cord. He's like, if they'd have fought each other and the only way to stop him was to like unlock the door. And I think, I think at this point, the obvious move would have been Hugo should have killed his family members because they didn't want to be to live eternally. And so he's, he's become a murderous madman who lives forever and they weren't going along with it. But as it happens, what we got was she willingly lays down in a guillotine and you're like, <laughs> we've just established the electric chair. And we're like a guillotine. Like the electric chair thing barely worked. And now we're like, put a fucking blade and we'll stop the blade before it cuts your neck. It's like, this ain't some also, Paul Daniel shit. <laughs> it's not low key either. For someone who's trying to keep this very secret, either commissioning someone to build a guillotine or going somewhere and buying a guillotine. <laughs> just buy a guillotine, yeah. <laughs> and a letter for, from the person who just bought an electric chair. Mm. Just uh, Acme, just for them up. But they, I mean, they... I, I... I guess they don't want to torture her by putting her in the electric Oh, right. They don't want to make us... But yeah, then the going, jumping straight to guillotine is absurd. We've also... That's not even the... That's not even the most painless way to kill someone, the guillotine, because your brain is still alive for, like, a minute. Well... There are several poisons that were available at that time that would have killed her much less painfully than a guillotine. Yeah, yeah, and, and they had established it with the guinea pig as well. Yes, just poison a fucking carrot and get her to eat it, and she'll, I don't know, just bite down on a cyanide capsule, whatever, whatever, like, fucking this lethal injection, whatever it is. I, but the thing is, they don't want to actually kill her. They were trying to, they put it there as like a failsafe, a uh, bizarre failsafe, because like... But then that wouldn't have worked, because she has to not know that she's going to be fine. But this is it. They established the rule of the ass fixes. They can't be tricked. If you're not going to die, they don't fucking jump in. But she knows she's not going to die because she has her fiancé in control of the guillotine and it's rigged to not... Well, it's they're going to stop it before it kills her. So there shouldn't be her ass fix to grab. But what do you know it? They fuck up <laughs> again. These these guys, they can't catch a break. Mm. They've got the they ass fix. about the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're right, Anthony. They did. Never forget about the undead guinea pig that's roaming around out of its cage, <laughs> frightened of its ass fix that it runs away from when the woman goes near it. So that's that's roaming about. And of course, we've got water cables going places. And again, you've got water cables that are and a light beam, all sorts of things that could go wrong. And what do you know it? As the guillotine comes down, they capture the asphyx. They're pulling it across to the special holding area, brackets, magic coffin. Uh, <laughs> and the guinea pig bites in the water levels go down. And the, the is it the light beam just stops working or something? Or will stop working? And they have to intervene. And that means rushing and bumping and letting go of the rope. And, oh, what well, do you know it? They've chopped a fucking head off. But all is not lost for <laughs> Giles is like, we've still got the ass fix. We... And then the guy's like, nah, fuck off, bro. We're killing her. She can't live without her head <laughs> off. Are you, you're you not thinking logically like I was a second ago. So they kill her, and they're like, well, that's the drizzling shits, isn't it? <laughs> I will give that moment its credit for being like the only actual 
scary horror, not scary, but a horrific bit in the film where I'm like, if you step back and think about that for a moment, it's a it's a bit grim. It was a half with... decent prop as well, the severed neck. Hmm. They cut her in the crypt as well, and they seem to have put the neck uh, in a lovely way again. She looks fine. I felt weird that like um, the son in the crypt didn't have a massive caved-in head. The the, the taker done oh, his no, job he did, there. He didn't he did have, have a mark a there. Yeah, makeup should have covered that up. Anyway, <laughs> she's in the crypt now. These guys are like, "What have we done?" Um. And is it this point that Hugo's like, actually, I should die, shouldn't I? You could have let me in the room. I don't have a cord to. I got to. This is bollocks. I'm killing my family. Enough's enough. You know, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't live with the guilt of killing his daughter. Oh, so he's like, please give me the and the other two. Don't forget that it's his fault. They died. Yeah, I, I... Sort of. But yeah. yes, I suppose he still got guilt for that as well. So he's like, this is stupid. I want I want to die, please let me. But Giles is like, no, like you may want to die, but I want to live with the guilt. Otherwise, how can I um amend my actions kind of thing? So his thinking is not it's such a terrible thing we've done. If I live long enough, I'll get over the guilt of killing my fiance. That's his that's his explanation. Yes. Also, again, we're not thinking of the hamster. The hamster's still running around. And they need to go... To, they, before he goes killing himself in the basement or crypt, he needs to knock over the fucking aspect... Let out the aspects of the guinea pig because that'll... Uh, let's stop that fucking before it gets too far. But they try another execution asphyx jobby, don't they? Another another attempt at it. This time, Giles is going to be the one. And they've gone for... Suffocation with gas. In a big box tent thing, is it? Yeah. We're just like, well, why didn't you do this for her? But never mind. Oh, well. Well, they've learned from that experiment, I guess. <laughs> A little too late. But they're okay. Well, the thinking, the I cool, guess, is... Cool-looking prop, I suppose. Well. But Giles has, uh, has been up to something in the meantime. He's, like, tampered with the, the crystals or something. He switched it. He knows he wants to kill himself. Is he thinking he wants to kill himself, and just that's it? Um, why does he? Is he hoping? Well, no, hope- I mean, I guess it's some some elaborate plan to make make the father more guilty and realize that his penance would make more sense to to live forever. But he. So he's hoping, but he knows he has the cord. I don't, like, Giles could just kill himself without yeah, tricking him, right? He could just blow his brains out if he doesn't want to live anyway. He doesn't need to trick his uh, father-in-law figure in to it. Although I did I did think what was going to happen was it was like a, a, a last kind of fuck you, because he gives him the code yeah. to, the, um, to the basement yeah. just before they do all this. And I thought, like, the twist at the end was... He he never actually give him the code, so it was like a last fuck you. It's like I'm gonna die, but you have to live forever with yeah, your like, guilt, kind of thing. The tasteful thing would be it's a blank piece of paper, and he's fucked him. And then the funny thing I would have had is I would have had the piece of paper say "fuck you," <laughs> 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 but, but that's what I figured. And then he just decides, no, no, like he kills, like the explosion happens. He like he, he feeds oxygen in when he re- when Hugo realizes it, it's not 
killing him properly. Uh, so they sort of bought, bought it, but it, he, like he's snuck a matchbook in and he sort of blows himself up really quickly. I don't know if the explosion seemed a bit big for for how long the oxygen had been on, but like he blows him up and I I, I don't know. Maybe he thought Hugo might be a bit maimed in the accident. <laughs> the fucking pr- ah, you're gonna live forever, but also you're burnt to a cinder, you prick. Um. Well, did you did you interpret this that way, Abby? That this was do we write that Giles had a sort of half cocked notion of fuck you, buddy, or like did you understand it better than I have? Yeah, he was. Ever since she died, he's been setting up Hugo to live forever in emotional agony. So it is literally you will be stuck. Although the cord might be on, or we don't know if he. We should have. Looked at the code. Maybe he had. Yeah, that's the thing. The like, maybe there was no code, but not knowing kind of undermines it. What his plan would have been, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're thinking Giles was just tricking him because you're a prick. You shouldn't have done all. You look, look what you've done. <laughs> Live with it forever, dickhead. Um, bang, bye. I've had enough of this. So it's nice and morbid. It's nicely dark and fucked up a story. I mean, it's a little hokey the way they present it, but it's at but least... As, you know. as, like, a you know, a, a, a horror moral thing, I, I get it. Like, you know, you try to attain, you try to cheat death, but in, in the process you end up killing your whole family, kind of thing. Yeah. And once he... Once he... Anyway, Hugo gets rid of the cord, burns it or whatever, and he can't access the, the crypt with his uh, fail-safe system in. So him and the guinea pig are just going to live forever. And um... I, d- I did laugh at that bit where he's like, my 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 eternal companion. The guinea pig's just like, fuck me. Really? Oh, I, I forgot about the bookends, which were like set in modern day. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention it now, but yeah, go on. Where, we like, start the, with a the, mystery. Yeah, the film starts in like nineteen seventies. I don't know London, we'll call it, but like just a normal British-looking street, and there's some sort of car accident. But it's revealed that oh, the 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 guy who's knocked over is not actually dead. But then it cuts to you know back to the eighteen seventies or whatever it is. Yeah, we see. And then run- we transition to a dusty lab that belongs to Hugo, like years of like covered it up with dust and cobwebs. Then mm. we get like uh, marriages and purport. Then we get like an introduction to the the characters proper, don't we? Yeah, and then at the end it cuts back to <laughs> back to the nineteen seventies, and you just see like this hobo holding a guinea pig walking down the street, and then he turns around and he has the worst old man mask I've <laughs> ever seen in my life on. It's, it's like it's just it's unbelievable how bad it is. He looked like he was on Bo Selector. Yes. Mm, it's yeah. me, Hugo, with my hamster. Mm. <laughs> he should he did a big pair of glasses. He would have just exactly fucking Avid Marion's bollocks. <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh, I'm still not dead. Mm. <laughs> and then the film finishes just before he's gonna be crushed between two cars. Oh, chef's kiss. <laughs> Well, yeah, the start, he's dragged out from the collision, the stagnant collision that we have seen happen, like, people who have died. I, I don't know, these two cars in, in, like, on a rural, on, like, a road in London or somewhere, they've driven at high speed towards each other. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know what's going on with these. I don't know if they're a fucking joust or a game of chicken or what. But they've smashed, to, uh, you know, into each other entirely, obliterated themselves, and then there's just an old man corpse under the car. Abby, I think you you had a comment about what goes on at the the policeman's reaction to this when we watched it. He should have absolutely not pulled out that guy from under the car. Yeah, we need oh, jaws, oh, yeah. jaws of life, <laughs> fire brigade, ambulance. Until that ambulance gets there, you touch no one. I don't care what decade it is. You leave that fucker alone. Even if he's dead, it's a crime scene. It needs investigating. Yes, it looks like a collision, but or we didn't see the crash. We, you know, we need to. We need doctors to decide these uh, corp- corpses are actually dead. Also, poor Hampstead didn't get found, did it? Just fucked off again. Finally, I'm free from this guy. So, in essence, there's room for a sequel. You know, Asphyx Two. <laughs> Asphyx Boogaloo. Asphyxia. Like, oh. Uh, weekend at Hamsters. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> it's a guinea pig. Guinea pig, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, right. Sorry. Guinea pig. Undead guinea pig roams free. Uh, ugly, prosthetic old man face is still alive. I guess he lives in pain in hospital now. You know, it's one of those twisted tales. It's one of those... Like, lesser campfire, isn't this a fucked up story ideas, I suppose, isn't it? It's not that the yeah. film hasn't got anything going for it. It's just incredibly hokey, I suppose. That's my it's, main takeaway. It's all in the execution as to why it doesn't work. Oh, it's it's essentially one step up from a stage play. Like, the, the whole, the way it's filmed and the sets and and the language and the and the dialogue... Acting, I just yeah. like, like I said, this one step up from a, like a Victorian stage play. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and like, like you said, you know, it, it's got some good ideas. The, the the stuff with the photography and the uh, living forever, the, the moral of living forever, but ending up killing everyone you know and love, kind of thing. Like it's it, it's there, it, and the film had potential. But yeah. it was it, it. The execution was terrible. Much like all the executions in the film, they're all <laughs> it's, it's an awful execution after awful execution, <laughs> and generally that's the problem here, isn't it? Do you concur, Abby? Was did you suffer through this, or was it like actually a bit of a laugh? I laughed occasionally. Oh yeah, but not in a good way. <laughs> Like, I didn't film. feel good after I laughed at it. And then the rest of the time I didn't enjoy it. So it's just just, just no. Just no. What about the funny puppets? You love them, right? Little uh Ghostbuster phantoms, the asphyxes. River one, yes. Ooh! <laughs> it's just when, <laughs> when Kermit gets all excited and waves his arms around. <laughs> the weird scream. I like, I like the woman scream. Like the hamster screams unbearable, and then the woman scream is quite mild comparatively, isn't it? <laughs> the asphyxes have their own vibes, I guess. Don't know why they scream. They're in a tur- they can be heard all of a sudden. Anyway, well, consider my asphyx. <laughs> Good job, film. I mean, it was entertaining. I think. Well, yeah, you know. it did. It did have the quality of just being so absurd. I wasn't bored. It was funny, I kind of thing. Not as much as other stupid. things have done, but no, it was there. Yeah, sure. So thanks, Anthony. Um, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. 
<laughs> nothing much could have gone worse for them. But yeah, <laughs> for us, no, it's fine. All right, well, join us again for another chat about another pile of shit. Oh, good film. We we like to mix it up on the podcast. Mostly mediocrity, though. But, uh, yeah, ta-ta for now. Bye-bye. Bye.